1: It's day 12, uh, it's the end of the Russia-Uruguay game. Russia were robbed! No, they weren't really. I actually didn't watch much of the game, but I am aware. I mean, the red card presumably massively affected the game, although, they, to be fair, Uruguay were already 2-0 up before it happened.
0: Yeah, well, you get you get red cards that are the result of kind of stupidity, yeah. and then you get red cards that are two yellows, which are the result of sustained pressure down one side, in this instance, yeah. um, targeting Shmonikov. So, I think... I think it was a red card that, that was the result of pressure, mm. um, so Uruguay were very much on top. They switched to a three at the back, uh, Jimenez was, was dropped, um, and uh, Cacaraz, who was playing as a left back, moved across to the left-hand central defensive position with Sebastian Coates coming in. Right. Um that allowed Diego Laxalt, uh, who plays in Serie A, to come in as the left wing back, um, with Nandez playing out on the right. And Laxalt looked really good, lots of energy, targeting that. I mean, we've we've said time and again that it was, or I I believed it was just a matter of time before the the pace of the Russian defensive side, particularly yeah. the right hand side, was exposed. Yeah, and it hadn't happened up to this point. Um, but it happened today yeah. so I kind of hung in there which eventually mm. proved correct uh, Torreira came in as well which added nice stability in passing to Uruguay in central midfield mm. um, but because they had Benton Kerr and Vicino there, they, they still had the kind of balance of somebody who gets forward and somebody who sits off and makes the tackles as mm. they have had before so it's, it's another example really of a team going to three at the back um, like Nigeria did successfully in, in that game that they won against mid game right mm. uh, no Nigeria didn't do it mid game they set up that way yes they no I'm talking about um, Uruguay no Uruguay started three at the back did they yeah I don't know what I'm talking about no no okay. let's, uh, let's talk about Russia instead of course
1: Russia went two goals down before the red card Cheryshev got a goal again albeit an own goal. That doesn't count as a goal for your team. Uh, so <laughs> it's, the hot, it's the hottest day of the year. <laughs> it's the hottest day of the year, guys. You've lost it. I've lost it. Anyway, this is why I want to ask you about Russia. Of course, they were already two, uh, two down before the red card, as we said. So it's difficult for them, I suppose, or for us to look back now and say, well, the red card made that much of a difference or the game would have gone in a different direction. Otherwise, Uruguay's first two goals, the own goal was... You know, unexpected, but as a result of uh, Uruguay pressure, as a result of shots from outside the box, you know, things like that can happen. The first goal of set-piece, another set-piece goal, uh, Luis Suarez. Very similar to
0: Colombia's against Japan.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Um, You could make an argument that the keeper could have done better, I suppose. But Much like Colombia's against (laughs) Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, But this is pretty much what you expected to see from a Russian team, right? Coming up against uh, a better opposition than they'd seen so far. They were stopped in their tracks, really. Uh, what went wrong for them
0: beyond the red card and beyond two goals, which arguably were saveable or avoidable? Well, Russia did make some changes. Mm. Um, and Semedov came on on the right-hand side. Golovin was rested or maybe is carrying a, a niggle of some sort. Um, and Kudryas came in um, and Shmoldakov instead of Zhirkov. So mm. I think... Maybe um, Cher- Cherishov, the um, or Cherchisov sorry, the the Russian manager thought, you know, we probably won't win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should just rest some players and kind of because Russia have Russia have run further than anybody else in this tournament. Yeah, um, they they've put a huge amount of effort in and. While, uh, as I have kind of said elsewhere, I'm not a huge fan of, of resting players in tournament football, I, I think if you're Russia, it's one of the few teams where it does make sense, given how much they've worked, mm. uh, to break down the, the, the two weaker teams in the group they've already faced. So so they won't be really surprised by this result, will they? I, I, I don't think they'll be massively surprised. Um, and Uruguay, you know, they're significantly higher rated Mm-hmm. Uh, more highly rated than Russia are I, you know a lot of pundits including myself didn't even fancy Russia to get out of the group so yeah. I think Russia will look at this result yeah okay it sets them up as a, a probable next round game against Spain which mm-hmm. is not great but at the same time some of their key players will be refreshed and um, They'll be feeling confident. I think Zuba can do some damage against the Spanish centre backs. Mm. PK particularly has looked a bit weak. Yeah. Gullivan's had a very good game, a uh, very good tournament so far. Yeah. So that'll keep Sergio Busquets hands full. So yeah, we, I mean, we, and Russia missed his influence today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, he's he's been one of the players of the tournament so far. Mm. Um, so yes, I mean, they, they absolutely did. Um, But let's think about how Russia might play against Spain Because,
1: you know, despite going one and 2 nil down in the first half Before the red card in this game Russia, they didn't look phased by by how the game was going And, you know, they still look to be playing on the front foot They still look very positive You can imagine that, you know, the players obviously know already That they're going into the next round They'll be gearing up for a game They might be thinking, look, whoever it is, you know We can have a go here, and and is there an argument to make? Maybe that Spain might be a preferable opposition to Portugal, particularly given Ronaldo's performance in in his first two games, and also how Portugal set up to kind of, you know, stubbornly block the other team. Spain aren't going to be doing that. There might be an argument to say there'll be more chances, and if Russia need a few more to get one goal, could be the better game for them.
0: Yeah. Well, Rory Smith said that Uruguay the. Portugal of South America and Portugal of the Uruguay of Europe and I think Uruguay's approach the, the physicality the, um, the very sort of lockdown defensive central play that's the sort of thing that Russia clearly didn't do that well against mm. and, and a more open game where Golovin maybe gets some more space like I say I think Zuba will cause problems he's, he's really come into his own so far in this tournament Plus, you know, the home side, they are going to feel buoyed by that against any team that they play. Yeah. And there is certainly an argument that... I mean, I was saying to you when we were outside earlier that the the, the value bet is is to back Russia in this game. Mm. Because it's likely that that the bookies will underestimate Russia's likelihood of securing a win because... Mm this last performance looks on the face of it quite bad and Spain is Spain. Yeah. Um, do I think that Russia... Well, of course Russia can win. I, do, I still don't think it's likely. Mm. I still think Spain will be too good for them. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't be a cataclysmic shock given how the tournament has gone so far if yeah. Russia did scrape a win. Having said that, as we said before, and as, as, for example, will be interesting when England face Belgium, there are a couple of groups where... Particularly A and B, actually, where there are there are significantly stronger sides and significantly weaker sides mm. and, and you can't really get a true measure of how good a team is until they come up against reasonably good opposition. Yeah. And this was the first test that Russia had in that regard and they failed spectacularly. Yeah. So On the other be hand very interesting to see how England and Belgium face up against each other because yeah. it'll be the first time that they've had to play a good side. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand
1: the other fixture that is, and of course we don't know the result of the final game so this, this you know, we might have to have this chat again mm-hmm. after the next set of games uh, but the likely outcome now is that Uruguay will face Portugal yeah. as you mentioned there Rory Smith uh, summed that up in quite a concise way I think this game has the potential to either be
0: a stunner or perhaps the tournament's first nil nil if we haven't had one by then, you know. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's a game, as again, as we talked about off air, it's a game full of intriguing matchups. Yeah. So you'll have Suarez probably up against Pepe, which is the, you know, the El Clásico rivalry yeah. there. You'll have uh, at the other end, uh, Ronaldo up against at least one, if not two, Atletico Madrid central defenders. Yeah. Um, I think. Portugal are the stronger side. Yeah, um, I think they probably, they certainly have a better goalkeeper. Um, you could make a case for Cavani and Suarez together being very, very good, but yeah. Ronaldo is probably the single best striker in the tournament at the moment, apart from Harry Kane.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and I think there's a kind of a know-how to this Portuguese side. It's a settled style. It's a settled way of playing. Having said that, Uruguay switch very neatly to a three at the back here, mm. and that could work really well against Portugal if yeah. they persist with that, mm. because Portugal will still very much be their four-four-two standard template. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as Tiago Esteves <laughs> has said, Portugal are a side that make subtle switches from a. From a basic template that stays the same, rather than wholesale changes. Mm. So I wouldn't expect to see Portugal doing anything other than a four-four-two. Uruguay may look at the success of this three at the back and think, "Well, this is how we can get additional width. This is how we can stop um, Cedric and uh, Guero from getting forward from fullback for Portugal. This is mm. how we can." create overlaps ourselves because the Portuguese midfield tuck in quite a lot and also always an extra centre-back for Ronaldo always an extra centre-back for Ronaldo and mm. you know you can have one that then pushes up and squeezes down Guedes when mm. he's being the link man or Bruno Fernandes if he comes in to do that yeah. so I think there's definitely an argument for that
1: these are two teams that I think we might not be so surprised to see go further were they not to be matching well again potentially matching up against each other the next round. I'm slightly concerned now that the, uh, the results later are going to go <laughs> completely different directions that this conversation is going to be, going to be uh, <laughs> totally redundant by the time that people listen to it. So instead, perhaps uh, let's have a look at the two games that are coming up and get some tasty predictions. Now, of course, yesterday, uh, people will remember if they listened, if they got that far, if they care, that uh, we decided it would be fun for us to have a sort of points-based system, a gentleman's agreement in place um, uh, for predictions now so we can tally our scores against each other uh, because it's the only way we know who's the best here, who's the best person yeah. here. yeah. So far, uh, as results have gone... Philippe, can you remind me as the bookkeeper here uh, what the predictions were for the games just past? Uh,
2: you went for 1-0 Egypt mm-hmm. and 4-1 Russia. OK, that's not so good, is it? No, no. 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 I went for 2-0 Egypt and 2-1 Russia.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Alex went for 0-0 Saudi Egypt and uh, 1-0 to Uruguay.
1: OK, so the Uruguay result clearly... Alex, I think you get the point for that. Thank mm-hmm. you. The other one uh, I'm not so sure, I'm not so sure, okay, the result was 2 1 Saudi Arabia. Well none of us predicted that. No one predicted that. However, I did say that Egypt would get one goal, and I said that Mosella would score it, and I think, as far as predictions go, that's the closest. That's my gentleman's argument. <laughs> now well, 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 I'd like uh, to hear okay. your gentleman's disagreement.
0: All my th- my gentleman's argument would be either none of us get the points, yeah. mm-hmm. Or arguably, given that you both projected an Egypt win and I predicted a draw, by result, I am actually technically closer to what happened. I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. All
2: right. No, well, maybe... Yeah. As I, no, as it, okay, fine, fine. As it stands at half-time, it's 1-0 to Alex. We're
1: all gentlemen. Yeah. No one gets the point for the second game. Alex, has one of you, noted that down. Yes. the bookkeeper. Okay, of course he's, he's on top.
0: He is all right. super
1: organised. Okay, well then, in that case, let's look forwards to the games this evening. Mm. Iran. Play Portugal, Yeah. Morocco, play Spain. Alex, as the winner of the first round, I'm going to start with you to make your predictions
0: for both of those games, and then we'll come round. Okay. 2-1 Portugal. Okay. And 3-1 Morocco. 3-1 Morocco? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 3-1 Spain.
1: I thought you were doing a joke
0: then. 3-1 <laughs> <laughs> Spain. I was reading my
1: spreadsheet, right? Wowzer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh Philippe, would you like to go
2: next? Yep, I go for three nil Portugal. I think that um Ronaldo genuinely kind of will have okay. seen Harry Kane's uh, like you thinking. busting his record yesterday he yeah, really yeah. wants to lay a marker down so I can see goals from him this evening. I
0: like you thinking. I love that it's not unreasonable to suggest that Ronaldo is more motivated <laughs> <laughs> by beating Harry Kane in a golden boot race than anything else. That is actually plausible, yeah. Sure, yeah. for sure.
2: I'm going to go for 4 0 Spain. 4 0 Spain. 4 0 Spain, yeah. Oh, you
1: kind of took the thunder out of me there. That's, That's what I was going to. Oh, yeah. yeah now you're going to have to go nil for 8 0. no, because you, no. you guys
0: can share, you can get a point eat No. Presumably.
1: No. We'd have to share the point. There's only one point to go around. Yeah, we can't with with Jesus isn't here we're not making
0: extra fish or bread. With there's only one point. I d- I don't know. I think if if I think if two people happen to go for the same result and they're both correct, surely I know, they should get a because point. Because I think that's, that that dissuades people if you don't get that from going for the same result. Because it's a safe it's a safe thing. For
1: example, if you were to say oh two one, you know, Portugal as you did. Yeah. That sounds like a reasonable result, right? So then if someone else was to go for that, a sort of half thing, half thing you I think it makes sense. Yeah, you know, there's only one point to go around. Okay, yeah, I think so. That's my gentleman's argument, at least. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Portugal, Iran. Yeah, I'm going for a dusty nil nil. Dusty old nil nil. Dusty nil nil, boys. And for Spain, Morocco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what can I say here? I feel like I. I yeah, I mean I did. Hmm, I did thunder strike you. Yeah. Another nil nil. <laughs> you're predicting two nil nils yeah yeah Right. We've had none yet in the tournament. I that's think quite the, tactical though, isn't it? Because you're, basically, you're going for it.
2: one of them being a draw. Maybe. And then you snatch hey, it. I would, I would listen, point
1: out. Now though, that we're getting close, whoever gets closest to the result, a draw
0: is not a bad one to go for. No, because we didn't go for that, because we agreed that no one would get the points for the Saudi Arabia game. No, but that. No, but, so but I was closest for the draw. If someone
1: had said if someone had said 1 1 and it was 0 0, the 1 1 gets the points,
0: right? Right, so if it's 1 1, I right. said 0 0. But then if Morocco or Iran win either of the, those games, you're not getting the points. No, that's fine. Good. Well,
1: that would go. That would no, go as long, as we're, as, long okay. as we're clear.
0: As long as we're clear, because well, I we,
1: this started as a sort of fun thing. Didn't no, it? I feel what's happened
0: now is we've spent six minutes talking about it. People, yes, people was, don't care. It was always going to happen. There's no fun. Oh, we, do you know what we should do? Mm-hmm. We should give a little shout out to that funny gentleman with the oh Thomas with the thing. Yeah, Thomas uh, tweeted us yesterday
1: with uh, the TIFO Football Podcast bingo sheet, in which he'd uh, written down several. Uh, humorous. Um, what would they What would they be called? Humorous things to happen. Humorous happenings to occur during a T4 football podcast. Many of which were very on the nose, and some of which made me feel quite uh, <laughs> one dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> some of them were very cutting. So I'm going to uh, try and throw things. At. In fact, one of them was uh, pre- Joe predicting three one for anything. Yeah. So there you go, Thomas. Two nil nils for you. Add that to the sheet. Um, but yes, thank you for that. Oh, and also, we had a visitor earlier, didn't we, Alex? Someone came in. We did. Someone yes. came into the Old Jack Red to Jack came us. in to say hello. Jack Alice. Thank you, Jack Alice, for coming in. Uh, Alex popped downstairs to say hello. I hope you enjoyed uh, the Uruguay-Russia game downstairs at the Old Red Lion, which with is where we are. a very,
0: very shouty Uruguayan fan who was down mm-hmm. there with her friend who's Colombian. Oh, I see. And she was up on the floor, screaming, jumping around. So, so that was... That was nice yeah. when I popped down. OK,
1: uh, well, that's a lot of boring stuff right at the end there. So uh, we will come back uh, after the next set of games and uh, chat about those. OK, well, those two games were uh, exceedingly more interesting, I would say, than the first two. Uh, Spain-Morocco, we should say we had some internet uh, difficulties during those two games. So we watched the, uh, the Spain-Morocco game for the second half. We watched the portugal Iran game. For the first half and we tried to keep an eye on both uh, on, a, on a laptop at the same time. Um, I think we made the right decision, though, because the second half of the uh, Spain-Morocco game was a corker. Uh, of course, we did get a chance to see the, um, the, the, the penalty in, in the Iran game and also that potential red card from Cristiano Ronaldo, which I think we might disagree on. I thought it was a yellow. You maybe thought it was a red, did you, feel? I think it was a red, yeah. Think? Alex? Oh, we're doing match of the day thing, aren't we? Let's not do that. <coughs> OK, never mind. Uh, well, let's talk about Spain then, because they will be progressing through now. So Spain and Portugal are both progressing with five points. Spain are on top uh, due to goal difference. So as we expected earlier, they will be facing Russia in the round of 16, and Uruguay will be facing Portugal again for the ages. Spain, uh, and Philip, you made uh, the carefully considered point, uh, and I had actually forgotten... That uh, Spain lost their manager <laughs> two weeks <laughs> ago, and in the uh, in the sort of uh, uh, the, the the circus of football that's happened in the two weeks since, mm-hmm. I'd completely forgotten that that had happened. Um, presumably, that's affected their performances because they haven't been great, have they?
2: By the look of it, yeah, it looks a lot more disjointed to the the Spain that we have seen in qualifying yeah. and that we were built to. Built up to expect during during the tournament before Loctegui's Lo- 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 um sacking, yeah, something that the commentators managed to not mention, which is pretty amazing. There's, there's more Spain not wanting it more, which never never ceases to baffle me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they, there was a lot of things that weren't working particularly well. They looked at, it didn't look particularly fluent at times, um, and stymied by. A, 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 really kind of heartened performance by Morocco
1: Yeah, well, Alex what is it that's going wrong for Spain then because there have been various incidences now across their three games where they've looked defensively very lax PK uh, has had a couple of wobbly performances and in this one arguably should have been sent off in the first half which could have changed the complexion of the game completely
0: what's the problem for Spain because it's not gelling is it? It's not, and and PK and Ramos, I think, are both having poor tournaments. PK particularly, and that was a red card. Yeah, the, the PK thing. Yeah, um, on the standing foot, it could have been bad. Well, yeah, I mean, he he came off the ground with both his feet up. Yeah, um, that in in the Premier League, by their standards of refereeing, that would have been a red card. Yeah, one would assume, and the the smaller nations have possibly got a few decisions going against them like that I yeah. mean I think the Ronaldo one was a 50-50 but you know if it had been an Iranian player against Ronaldo yeah. then that might have resulted in a red so it does at least prove that, that um, Russia isn't controlling the VAR with bonds <laughs> because cause Russia would presumably unless Russia know that is having a bad tournament and want to keep him in mm. I don't know who knows um, well the, the other player
1: to mention in Spain's defense is, is David De Gea there was a stat uh, that came up during the game which, which said that He made his first save of the tournament in this game. Part of that will be because of the uh, clinicalness of Portugal's goals uh, compared to how many shots they actually took overall. Also against Iran, uh, Iran defended very heavily and there wasn't a lot for De Gea to do.
0: But he hasn't had a great tournament either, has he? No, he... I mean, yes, goalkeeper save percentages are a very misleading stat Mm. um, because... Like you say, there are there are definitely shots that are just unsavable. You know, if one of them's a penalty, um, clearly he did make a very poor error for the Ronaldo open play goal yeah so that sort of immediately registers in the mind um well also one went through his legs today which you wouldn't have liked but that does happen yeah um it that's a lot harder when you're coming out to close an angle because you are moving forwards and your legs naturally have to be slightly apart in order to do that unless you're peter schmeichel and your crotch is so large that it connects (laughs) to the third leg um yeah possibly yeah i mean he made he made one kind of quite a uh, interesting sort of decisive move at Forwards to punch the ball away from um, the uh, the Moroccan striker that was coming in, and that that was quite a decisive um, bit of goalkeeping. So yeah. maybe that indicates some confidence. But yeah, Spain are Spain are trying to play the way Spain have played for the last sort of eight, twelve years, yeah. and for some reason it just isn't quite working. And uh, potentially there's a slight lack of uh the same kind of acceleration and impetus that Iniesta used to be able to provide with the Iniesta now mm. uh certainly defensive fragility Carvajal doesn't convince me at right back especially no. well um,
1: and that, does it doesn't make the Hector Bellerin dismissal seem um, a I would, bit, I would, mean, would be
0: playing Odriozola right there okay because he's so yeah. fast yeah um and you know as as was said during the commentary Spain's full backs do play so high up the pitch they are almost wingers yeah. but what you want and this is part of Spain's problem you don't want your fullbacks camped there no. what you want is your fullbacks to have space to run onto yeah. so that they're running at the opposition defence with the ball at their feet having received it yeah. or they're able to go past them for a, for a pass that's played in And what you're getting is this kind of static arrangement of, of Spain players around the edge of the opposition box Playing it laterally without the same degree of penetration between the lines as it, Spain were able to generate.
1: Well, in the second half, though, there were numerous moments uh, where they did manage those sort of inside channel through balls, the
0: little one twos between yeah. you know the. The, the passing's through. still there. It's yeah. the movement off the ball that isn't,
1: and also the end product because there were a lot of shots going over the top, a lot, you know not hitting the target a lot of times. Let me ask you this: this this is a shot in the dark, really, but uh, we've seen Fabregas at the tournament, albeit as a pundit. Is Spain's midfield missing someone of that creativity? I mean, presumably Iniesta's obviously a very different player, anyway. Mm. Um, but looking at the Spain midfield, Alcantara, Tiago Alcantara started today, Sergio Busquets, Andres Iniesta.
0: They've got Coke on the bench, but would you have taken Fabregas? Um, possibly. I, I mean, look, Alcantara is a is a really really good player. Yeah. Iniesta is still a really good player, and, and Busquets is is a world class player. So. I think it's it's difficult. Koke adds physical dynamism yeah. um, to that side and can play with a bit more... You know, he can play on the left-hand side, cutting in if you're playing a four-man midfield and stuff. So there's, there's sort of tactical variations that Koke brings. So yeah. I, think, I think Fabregas, you can certainly make a reasonable case for him being included, but I also don't think they're massively lacking what he would be able to bring. It's not... Their issue is not uh, that sort of. You know, Busquets can provide that verticality from deep, as we saw with the Diego Costa goal in the last game. Yeah, uh, it's more that Spain are having so much of the possession, and crucially, sides are defending so well against them by sitting back and adopting the sort of Burnley block. Yeah, that because they just seem to be missing that little bit of um, quickness of movement. Mm. But, you know, the passing is great. As I say, it's the movement off the ball that doesn't quite seem to be working. And I don't know that Fabregas would have added to that necessarily.
1: Yeah. Well, we talked about the round of 16 games earlier from the perspective of the teams in Group A going through. If we have a quick chat about them now from the perspective of Spain and Portugal, Spain in some ways might feel, there's an argument to say, saved by Iran's penalty at the end there. Do you think it's fair to say that they would be happier now facing Russia than they might have been a stern Uruguayan side who could not only set up uh, defensively as we just said but also have, you know, lots of uh, potential goals in them too.
0: I think Spain will be feeling a little bit shaken by that last result. Yeah. Um I think you know you could see that that tempers were fraying towards the end of that game. And Spain if you uh, 2010 when Spain won against the Netherlands and got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. They were very, very calm in the face of that. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of petrol. Yeah, biscuits can be a little bit snide, but by and large, you know, they, they believed in the style that they were playing. They kept playing to that. They eventually won. Much like England against Tunisia. Much like England against Tunisia, and, and actually. And I, I made this point in a Football Index blog mm. that we, we or I wrote for them earlier today. You know, actually... One of the most impressive aspects of that England victory was the way they didn't rise to what was happening. Yeah. Uh, Spain clearly were rattled in this game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if your defensive talismans aren't playing well, if the world's best goalkeeper is having a shaky tournament, if you're misfiring up front, then there's a fairly strong argument to say that actually you don't really actively want to face anyone. No. And, and if your choices between... A Uruguayan side that are incredibly physical and have two really, really good strikers, or a Russian side who rested a load of players uh, will be smarting from losing and are in front of a ridiculously partisan home crowd, mm. then it's apples and oranges, but they both taste like shit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, earlier on in the podcast, you said you thought that Portugal were probably the stronger side um, with regards to uh, that Uruguay game that they're about to play later on this week. Would you still say that now after seeing some of the performance t- t- today? Well, Portugal changed
0: up. They brought Quaresma in. They looked to play a lot more direct. Lovely goal, by the a lot way. more cross. That was a gorgeous goal. Mm. Yes. Um, no, I think yeah, I think Iran unsettled them with a very very good defensive plan. Mm. Kierosh set the team up brilliantly. Um, Portugal. Can at times struggle against that because they don't have a huge amount of go forwards from midfield Uh, and by deploying João Mario who is much more of a kind of keeper of the ball and Choresma who's looking to bank crosses and for Ronaldo Mm. Portugal set themselves up fairly reductively against a defence that was going to force them to be fairly reductive anyway Mm. so I think we'll see a different Portugal in the next round we'll see one with Probably Bernardo Silva coming in to add some. Particularly if um, if Uruguay stick with the three at the back, then there, there, there may well be space for Bernardo Silva to exploit behind Diego Laxalt. So he'll be looking to do that. Uh, Guedes will be running into the channels behind there and trying to stretch that back line to create space for Ronaldo to run into. Mm-hmm. So I still think. I, I mean, I think Portugal are, Portugal are the sort of side who are not going to care who they face. Yeah. Because. They shithouse their way through the Euros. Ronaldo has that self-belief which will transmute itself to the team. Santos knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Their attitude will be, we're going to have to beat good teams throughout the rest of this competition if we're going to win it, so mm-hmm. let them come wherever they come. Yeah. Um, Spain, on the other hand, I think will be looking at Russia, a hugely partisan crowd, and thinking how, you know, particularly if, say, they... Russia go in the attacking lineup with Golovin, one of the Moranchek brothers. They're going to be looking at that pace and thinking, "Oh, we don't really want that running at us." Plus Zubr against PK, that could be a bloodbath. Mm, very exciting, isn't it? Okay, well, Philippe, let's turn to the book
1: now uh, yep. because we have predictions to uh, we have predictions to resolve and uh, predictions to make. Smug I'm just Joe <coughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to say <coughs> I, I I had a double nil nil prediction for this evening. You did? N- there were no nils. But there were two draws, and I'm going to stake a claim to both points. Did you predict draws for both? Yeah. Did, yeah. Well, then you get both points. Yeah. That's not even no a so question. Still, you know, okay,
2: sure. It's not the anti-Joe show.
1: No. I, I never said it, it was. It should be, though. <laughs> I I'm just expecting what I would give, which would be anti. So Yeah. Well, okay. uh, yeah. no, you predicted two draws, and you got two draws. You're both very considerate. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's... Isn't this a lovely gentleman's table? <laughs> it really is. Okay, well, that means we're finishing the day with... Uh, got predictions oh. for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be doing that. But uh, just before, I just want to make it very clear for all the listeners. I'm currently in the lead, yeah? 2-1. 2-1. Alex yep. is on yep. a one. Philippe, you're on a zero. Um But you've got a chance to redeem yourself tomorrow. Yes. Because I'm going to come to you first now. Australia, Peru. Okay. And Denmark, France. Give uh, me all you've got.
2: Australia versus Peru, I'm going to go for... 2 Peru. 2-0 Peru. I think they're going to be, as I said to Alex earlier on, I think that Peru will be wanting to go out on a bit of a bang, and a, on, a, on a high, hmm. basically, after a quite disappointing tournament.
1: Well, i tell you what, let's let's go one game at a time. So, Alex, would you like to do Australia-Peru now? Uh, yeah, spreadsheet says 3-1 Peru. Are you just going to follow your spreadsheet from now on? Possibly. OK, so you're saying 3-1 Peru.
0: Although later on my... You did there.
1: make that before the tournament started, though, Well decision, before. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's
0: true. Um... Peru yeah, no, Peru will win this.
1: Okay.
0: No, three one's too much. Two one. 2 nil, that could be a difficult decision to make tomorrow. Tim Cahill coming off the bench. Well this is to what I, score think, a header.
1: I honestly think it's gonna be one one and I think Australia are gonna get it back at the death. Yeah. Um, That's also quite plausible. One one? One one I would like to say, Philippe. Uh, so that the the next game is Denmark France. Philippe kick us off. There's You're heavily invested here, of course. <clears throat>
2: yeah. I mean, my, my brain says it'll be a draw because um, France don't need to win and mm-hmm. Deschamps being the uh, conservative or pragmatist that he is. But obviously, they're, they're not, as, as Alex mentioned before, they're not really side that sets up for draws. So I'm going to go for 2-1 France just because... and purely because in major tournaments there's quite a rich heritage of that scoreline.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go with that. Um, Alex... 2-0 France. 2-0 France. OK. Well, I was going to say 3-0 France. So I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the drama. Yeah. Um, all right, that'll do us for day 12. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss Australia, Peru, Denmark, France, Nigeria, Argentina. It's going to be a corker. Iceland, Croatia. OK. And it's still all to play for in Group D, Group C, lesser. So. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for listening and uh, we'll uh, see you in- oh we're at the Old Red Lion Theatre come on down come on down <laughs> come on down Old Red Lion Theatre That's come on down
0: Catching for the bingo right at the end there ka
1: for the bingo um, what else can I say for the bingo didn't make any three ones I can't remember what they were but uh, I'll be interested to know what the uh, how the results of the bingo went today anyway uh, thanks for listening see you tomorrow